to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in McKeesport, PA, the friendly church in the heart of town since 1885. We're located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport. We invite you to join us this Sunday for worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Our celebrant was the Reverend David Kinsey, and our musical director and organist was Georgia Labetta. Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to Luke. These came and said to Jesus, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox for me. Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you are not willing. See. Your house is left to you, and I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Jesus. Jesus. Seated, please. Every so often, one of the things I do in my own private spiritual life is try to evaluate on a scale of one to ten what my faith is. 
And interestingly enough, there are people that pull out in front of me in traffic and my faith goes down the tubes, uh, as I'm sure it happens to so many of you uh, as we walk our earthly pilgrimage. Uh, but our faith is what we are and what we should become. We should always be looking to become a number 10 uh, or 11 or a 12. I came across an individual several years ago that if you saw him in the daylight, you would be afraid. He's about 6'4", slender built. His hair was all over his face. His, his head of hair was, I couldn't even describe it. And he always wore a black jacket and uh, he rode a motorcycle. And he was just nasty looking. It turns out I, I befriended him when he became the president of the union. And I said, you know, you're in management now. You're representing 2,000 men, and what I would suggest you do is cut your hair and get rid of that beard and, and, and put a suit on or, or put a jacket on so you look presentable. The guy was always involved in the community. Uh, sometimes it was because of his ego but he was involved in politics, served on council, was always available for the food bank, the clothing bank, and all the ministers we had in town. But he had one problem. Probably 15 or 20 years before I even met him, he was the town drunk. He was always smashed, get on his motorcycle and drive down the street. And when I met him, he had put the booze aside, and I guess today he's probably been sober for 40 to 50 years. Now the interesting thing about this gentleman is no matter what he did in his own hometown, just like Jesus talks about you can't preach in your own hometown, he came from this town, which was rather small, and he was always referred to, no matter what he did, as the drunk. You see, that stigma of judgment on our part created this person who, who gave it up. He's the drunk. Never said anything good about what he did in the community, serving on council, working in the churches. And I even forgave him for being Roman Catholic. But what a guy but he was a drunk. Uh, another lady in the next town over, in the heat of passion, at age 17, became pregnant and had a child. This lady, I have said to her face numerous times, you know, you're just too nebby because she knew about all the gossip in town. And she knew about all the people that were getting divorced. Did you hear about so-and-so? Did you hear about so-and-so? She had a son and a daughter that were married very happily. 
And lo and behold, one day, the two of them, brother and sister, they got a divorce. She never talked about divorce after that. But the stigma that many people put on her, oh, she had to get married. She had to get married. It doesn't make any difference what she has done for the community. She had to get married. There was a little boy in this classroom, I believe it was the fourth grade, and he was bullied by so many of the students. And so as a result of his bullying, there was not, he didn't have any friends. And he always had his head down. And when he would sit in class, he always looked out the window and didn't pay attention to the teacher. He had absolutely no friends. And he had that, I need to characterize it, but he had that stupid look. He just was sad looking. And when the teacher would try to correct him, uh, and, and don't look out the window, the, I'm writing on the board, he wouldn't pay too much attention. So when they had a test, she took great delight in getting her red pen out and putting X's on all the mistakes he made and then the great big F at the top of the paper. And she took delight because she didn't like him. One day, uh, I hope the angel of God touched her heart and said, I want you to go down to the personnel department of the principal's office and pulled out his folder. And it turns out that this young lad, who had no friends, was born by a mother and father, and the mother got cancer. And the father couldn't deal with that. He didn't want a sick wife. And so he divorced her. And then the next year, the cancer got worse, and the mother died. So for the first three years of his school life, he lived in absolute agony and loneliness. And his grandmother raised him. The teacher felt absolutely terrible that she had picked out this child and took pleasure in grading his paper. And so she got this young man uh, after a class and said, I really want to help you. I would like to sit down with you every night and I'll help you with your homework. Would you like that? Well, sure he would like it, simply because he never had a friend. And so he, he stayed after school, and she not only helped him through fourth grade, she helped him in fifth grade, and sixth grade would often go to his home and work with him. And when that young man graduated at the 12th grade, he graduated with high honors. Not only did he graduate with high honors, he went on to college, took pre-med, became a medical doctor, simply because the lady cared.
His teacher loved him. And she made a tremendous impact on that little boy's life. We have a tendency to take so many things for granted. We take one another for granted. And I would just like to challenge you today. When was the last time or have you ever seen our young acolytes and gone up to them and said thank you? When was the last time you ever saw a child that you don't even know downstairs and if you can get them stopped long enough to say, how are you? What was the last time that someone said to Cassie, Cassie, wow, that fish stuff you put together is good. Or to the lay readers, or, or to the organist, or to one another, thank you. You see, we, we, we just come here, and we hug each other, and we go home. And so I want to say to all of you, individually, thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving one another. Now let's take it to another level. Let's thank the children and the people that work so hard in this church. I am afraid to offer any suggestions to John Ochap. Because if I suggest something, it gets done. One of the things the choir said to me recently is, we really can't hear you. And so he and Jason got together and I said, maybe we need a speaker up there. And I come in this morning, there's a speaker. So be careful what you say to John. Be careful what you pray for. Because it might happen. And so my, my message to you today is be kindly affectionate one to another in brotherly love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We thank you for all those people that have made such a difference in our lives and in this church. We thank you for Joanne Pratt, who we honor this day for her dedication, for integrity, and her sincerity. In your precious name we pray, amen. I would like to have Joanne Pratt, would you kindly come forward, and you're welcome to bring your husband with you. <laughs> Joanne has been with us for 13 years, and you know that's an unlucky number for a lot of people, but it just so happens to be my lucky number. Uh, and so I thank uh, Joanne for her dedication. And I have a letter from the bishop, and I would like to read that. Dear Joanne, in the life of each parish, there are always those who go above and beyond their service. Your faithful service as treasurer of St. Stephen's for the past 13 years would certainly put you in that category. On behalf of the Episcopal Diocese of Pittsburgh, I wish to offer you my congratulations and heartfelt thanks 
to you for the hard work and dedication you have offered for so many years. May God bless you and your family now as you retire and throughout the years to come. And we have a certificate of appreciation in this folder uh, presented to Joanne Pratt in recognition of dedicated service and tireless efforts in support of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, McKeesport, Pennsylvania, signed by the Bishop of the Episcopal Church. Thank you. Would you like to say anything? <laughs> um, put me on the spot here. Um, I just want to say thank you for giving me this opportunity over the last 13 years and putting your trust and confidence in me. I appreciate that. And uh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're a great lady. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. She's not retired, really. <laughs> You've been listening to a podcast from St. Stephen's Episcopal Church, located at the corner of Walnut Street and 8th Avenue in downtown McKeesport since 1885. Heard today were the Reverend David Kinsey and our church choir under the direction of Georgia Labetta. We invite you to join us for Sunday worship at 8 a.m. or 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website at stephensmckeesport.com or find us on Facebook. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you.